When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, it's Quentin. Uh, I've got a quick PSA for you. So this is our episode on the stills and their album Logic Will Break Your Heart. So uh, I messed up pretty bad. I was messing with my audio input last week and I forgot to switch it back to my fancy USB mic before we hit record on this one. And uh, yeah, I didn't realize until after listening back to it, that the microphone was set to the crappy little webcam mic that is built into my laptop. So this one is going to sound a little different. It's going to sound kind of crappy. Apologies for that. And then while I was editing it together, uh, by the time we got to our What You Heard segment at the end of the episode, my vocals just completely crap out and they sound all distorted and weird. So we're fading out at the end of our conversation on the stills. So there will be no What You Heard's on this episode, but I went ahead and added the two songs from our What You Heard's to the Spotify playlist. So you can still listen to them there. And again, apologies, everyone, for the low audio quality on this one. Uh, so yeah, here is the episode on The Stills and their album from 2003, Logic Will Break Your Heart. Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I got my brother Quentin with me today, as always. And we are in the same year, Q. 
as our last full-length episode. We're still in 2003, which means we are in the prime decade of um, our our love affair for music, Q. This was the decade when, when we started seeking out music independently of, you know, stuff we heard on the radio or stuff that our older brother listened to. We've talked about this before. So this was like... We're going back to school. Yeah. We're going back to school again, yeah. You could say that. You can't stay away from it. Yeah, we did a we did a batch of episodes a few months back called No Filler Goes Back to School, where we mostly focused on like punk emo kind of stuff that we were into. But um, yeah, we listened to all kinds of music um, during this. I mean, this is when we were in high school. So this was it, you know. So um, that song there that played us in, it's called Lola Stars and Stripes by a band called The Stills. And that is who we're talking about today. The name of the record is Logic Will Break Your Heart. So Q, it's another the band from the early 2000s. There were a ton of the bands that came out, you know, because it was the garage rock resurgence, I guess is what it what it kind of stemmed from, although I wouldn't put these guys in, in that category, but you know, I think it's more uh, accurate to classify this time period as the resurgence of the, the bands. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the, the, I mean, bands. the, yeah. And that, and that goes hand in hand with garage rock. I feel like, I don't know why. Yeah. But, but that, that, no, that's true. A lot of yes. garage bands are the bands. That is part of it. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, this band is, it's just like quintessential indie rock music, right? Yeah. This was the, the 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 time for that, the decade when when indie bands were, you know, this was when MySpace was an actual, um, you know, legit place where you could find new bands and whatnot. This was kind of before SoundCloud really took off, before Bandcamp really took off. So a lot of these indie bands that didn't have, you know, that weren't on big labels, I mean, I mean, these guys were actually on Vice Records, so they were on a big a big label. But, you know, a lot of these indie bands could actually get start to get attention beyond uh, radio waves, you know, and MTV and stuff like that. So um, yeah, and for me, I can I'm gonna tell a brief story just so because I want to give another shout out to our buddy Mitch. Uh, what's up, Mitch? Uh, yeah, Mitchell. What's up, man? I know you're listening. You're you're the only one that listens. <laughs> on a on a consistent basis. So I, I it must have been freshman or sophomore year in high school. Uh we were in one of those computer classes that basically the teacher didn't teach, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it was just a, a blow off class. So we were listening to music all the time. Uh that's when I discovered May. That's when I discovered Me Without You, uh, which are actually two bands that we covered a few months back. And The Stills was another band that I discovered uh, i don't remember where i found him but i watched the music video for one of the singles on this album called still in love song and i was drawn in honestly dude i feel like a lot of what drew me into this band was the i guess production and art direction of the music video it really matched the vibes of the record and even the album cover dude like this for some reason that and maybe it has to do with the vibes of the album and not just because of the record like or not just because of the album art and and the whole like dark vibes that they were going for but this album to me just always reminds me of night drives like mm-hmm. 
and this was dude this was right when we got our driver's license you know there's there's something about this record that it's it's moody and dark and the lyrics as well but it's and i think it's in all the right ways you're right dude it is you know when you look back at the uh the landscape of indie music back then you're right there's something about the the lyrics and yeah the fact that the album art you know it's black um their album art for the album that came out after this just had like a flaming skull on it or something like that remember uh yep and then the third one Oh wait, I'm 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 saying that incorrectly. The, the third one had the skull on it. The second one without feathers had like a flower on fire or something like that. They were going for that kind of dark imagery, and I guess the the lyrics, as we'll as we'll hear, are kind of, you know. I'm gonna say emo, man. Yeah, they're yeah, they're about heartache, and I mean the name of the record is Logic Will Break Your Heart. So you know it's your classic heartache type stuff and suicide and all that kind of stuff this was an album that i listened to so much that the cd started to skip and that ages us a little you bit remember yeah i was gonna say for those of you who remember that problem um but i remember i drove i went to barnes and noble and i bought the cd there uh man you didn't buy it from mark at cd addict what's going on here no dude hmm. i don't know why uh, maybe i was just it was just a convenience thing um, I did pick up an EP of theirs from Mark, though. Um, it was the oh, Reem, I can't remember. Ease, I think it's how you say. I have no idea what that is. It's pretty sweet, actually, dude. Maybe we'll outro with. Uh, there's a song on there called "Killer Bees" that I really like, but it's a four-track EP that has uh, two different versions of "Still in Love" song on there, and then these two B-sides, "Killer Bees" and "Talk to Me." Interesting. So, of course, Mark had, you know, the more rare of the of the releases of theirs. He actually had this little four track CD. But yeah, I was gonna say it's interesting that he that he had that. All right, so let's talk about these guys here. Um, they are from Canada. Uh, they're actually from Montreal, and there's a, a song on this record called "Of Montreal." So um, that is where they are of. They are of Montreal, and uh, the roster here is. Uh, Tim Fletcher is the lead singer. I'm going to give you the, well, I'm going to give the roster for when this record came out. So Tim Fletcher on vocals. He also plays guitar. Dave Hamelin drums, keyboards, guitar, vocals. Greg Paquet, lead guitar. And Oliver Crow on bass. And there's a couple other guys that are credited for, um, various tracks and maybe we'll throw a shout out to them if we actually play one of those tracks but um yeah let's so we're gonna do four tracks for this episode usually we try to do like three but there's not much to to talk about with these guys or at least we're not going to give like a deep dive into their history and stuff because you know i assume that this is maybe the case with some of the other like some of the other albums that we played during our back to school um batch of episodes that you know there's probably not too many listeners out there who are familiar with these guys. And to me, it's more about, let's just listen to the music and appreciate the tunes, you know? Um, let's do it. So yeah, let's get, let, let's play our first track here. And then I'm going to, I'm going to talk about what drew me to this record and what I loved about this record so much. All right, Q. So our intro song was track one on the album, Lola stars and stripes. That's also a single. 
So we're going to jump to the next track on the album. This song is called Gender Bombs. This has always been one of my favorite tracks on the record. Yeah, me too. It's and... one of those moments, you know, this is like a, a prime example of, of one of those instances where, you know, you buy a CD and you're listening to it for the first time. This is track two and you're like, all right, man, I'm going to love this album. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, dude, I love the the guitar uh, riffs and like the drum beat. Like, it's very, it's very Interpol to me. Yeah. So they get, the, yeah, they get compared to Interpol a lot. And I think that's, it's mainly because of the guitar. So, you know, his, his vocals are nowhere near Paul Banks, right? Um, not at all, but the guitar. And I need to give a shout out to, to the drummer as well. Um, this is one of those albums that I have played along to behind the kit from start to finish. I love his style. Um, I would say that my style of drumming is very, uh, similar to his, I just love. I love, I love it, man. The drum beats are great throughout this entire record. Yeah. So shout out to Dave, guy's a beast. But yeah, I would say the same about the guitar. So like this guy, um, between the two of them, Tim and and David, or I mean uh, Tim and Greg, like they're just they got these riffs, man. They got these killer riffs and and hooks and stuff that that is like throughout the entire record. And like, I don't know if you caught, if you, if you picked up on it, but there is a 
kind of this third lead um, guitar riff that they add about the third verse. Um, that's just fucking amazing. I almost want to play it again, but like, uh, let's do it. It's uh, all right. Let's do it. Yeah, the, it's it's the I think it's the third verse when he starts. You know, the lyrics are, "Could this be the gaining force of ten loves in a row?" Yeah, dude, it kind of goes up a little higher in notes. Yeah, but what I like about it is it's it's following the. Uh, I like it when guitar guitar lines do this. They're following the uh, the melody of the singer. Like if you listen to the way that they he does that, he sings the verse at least. He's kind of going slowly down this like scale, you know. Yeah. And the guitar line is is doing the same thing. But anyway, I've always just what I like about this guitar player throughout the whole record is. They have a lot of, it's a very clean guitar tone. Like it's not, there's no distortion or fuzz or anything like that. Like, you know, with a lot of garage bands, they've got like fuzz on, on the, on you know, some fuzz distortion. Oh yeah. Uh, at least a little bit. Yeah. There's almost, you know, it's a very clean guitar sound. And I think they do it in a very like effective way. Um, it, it just adds to the overall vibe and, and um, darkness almost too. But um you know, and that maybe is is part of the Interpol comparison that they get a lot. But yeah, the lyrics are really interesting um, on this song. Like, I like the opening line, "Brains on a brick wall." Like that. What a cool opening. Yeah. Line to a song. Obviously, it's oh, referring to, to a suicide. Sixteen-year-old, a sixteen-year-old kid. You know. Yeah, it's it's like it's suicide. So, like, you know, there's even the, the word suicide is used in the song. Massive suicide dreams. Yeah. Man. Uh, you know, email like you were saying, but um. And you said you liked that verse that we just played. My yeah, my favorite verse. Uh, Could this be the gaining force of ten loves in a row? Drunken Sunday evenings will just be innuendos. I read that as you know, like heartbreak again. You know, it's yeah. just a pattern, and now Sunday evenings are just a drunken mess. Yeah. So this song led to a pretty epic handmade t-shirt from yours truly i don't know if you remember this shirt oh dude. my god i do remember it <laughs> so i i grabbed this super raggedy white undershirt and i got a blue sharpie and a black sharpie and i drew like an anatomically correct heart on it and scribbled the lyrics uh to the song on the side of the shirt just, that just my, the words logic will break your heart. Or the all of the entire song. Not, I don't think it was the entire song. Oh my god! I don't remember honestly, but and I fucking rocked the shit out of that shirt, dude. This was my, this was prime like emo days for yeah. for years, true. I mean, you were, you know, I, I think your motives were probably aimed at a particular person that you were dating <laughs> to. You. I'm just gonna throw I mean, that out there that you're like, you know what? I gotta keep up with this crowd that I'm running with here. I'm gonna throw <laughs> in some lyrics on a shirt. <laughs> sure, let's give another shout out to Karen because yeah, uh, her, Karen, her, her good friend at the. I time. mean, that's not yeah, that's not yeah. It was her friend at the time, but um. <laughs> yes, that was uh, yeah. I, I was crushing on pretty hard, dude. Uh, and we actually dated for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so you're you, so you had to keep you had to keep up. Once you insert yourself into the emo crowd queue, it's only a matter of time before you have lyrics on a t-shirt. 
from Sharpie. So and uh, straightened hair. Yes, I straightened my hair. But I, I mean, I was in the opposite direction. I was a total tool as well. But um, <laughs> but anyway. Um, but yeah. So I th- yeah this this um, yeah this album was was perfect for a little sixteen year old me. Yeah, because of the lyrics. The lyrics are exactly what um, a high school kid would would connect with. You know what I mean? High school teenage boy for sure. All right, so we're going to move on here. We got three more tracks. All right, before we get into our next pick here, let's take a quick break. So... What are we doing next year? We're doing... Ready for it. Ready for it. Okay. Let me talk about this before we play it. So, as I mentioned, I've always connected with the guitar, the riffs, uh, the tone I really connected with. I, I liked that 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 style of sort of the angular guitar, single note picked, not a lot of chords, right? That's where uh, Interpol comes in, you know, the same similar vibes or like um, Foles, you know? Yeah, yeah. Math rock kind of stuff. Yeah. So like this was the perfect record for me as a budding guitar player at the time because I could kind of pick this out on the guitar without having to look up tabs. That's what we call them, guitar tabs online because, you know, it's kind of easy to, chords are one thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm confessing my 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 level of noobness on the guitar um chords are one thing but being able to sort of just pick around until it sounds like the note you know uh, yeah. i i could kind of pick around it and, and play along with this record kind of like you were pick, uh, playing along with the drums right so this song in particular i love this song because of the guitar so let's let's give it a listen here this song is called ready for it
So this is one of those albums, man, that from start to finish, like I know every single word and I would belt out these tunes in my car. Yeah. This was definitely a sing-along album. Yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, so with the guitar, right? Yeah. It's amazing what you can do with just picking a single note kind of in succession there. Because what he's doing is, you know, there's a lot of, you know, slides, you know, sliding up to another note, bending it a little bit. You know, I like I like it when guitar players do that. They kind of slowly bend the note up while picking it and then bend it back down. You know, it's a very simple technique, but like if done right, it could be very effective. And I like that lead guitar. He steps on like an overdrive pedal or something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it's just like the, you know, a little bit of reverb, a little bit of delay and just some single notes picked, you know, kind of in succession. Uh, just it, it, it's the Interpol uh, comparison that, that we keep talking about. But um, yeah, it's just really effective. And yeah, what we like about this song is what we're about to play next here, the, the next part of this there's kind of a cool really slowed down like sort of like gentle kind of outro to the song which is really cool because like the rest of the song is very fast and kind of upbeat it's very yeah it's very like erratic almost. yeah and they have this kind of breakdown but yeah. what's cool about it i guess we're gonna play let's play the rest of the whole song because there's there's also like this breakdown um you know sort of a bridge i guess it's a breakdown that leads to the breakdown but uh, yeah, let's just play the rest of the song. So let me just mention this one lyric here that I think is another classic sort of emo lyric. It says, loving you is a black hole. Loving you is a black hole. And then it just goes right back into it. Well, and it, yeah, and it introduces an, an, like a new lick, you know. Um, but yeah, again, classic, uh, classic emo line right there, right? Uh, this guy obviously went through a breakup. And decided to write a record about it. So yeah, he's he's pretty upset about it, dude. I mean, drunken Sunday evenings, you know, we've all been there. <laughs> Don't you know it? <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit, and we're gonna play this outro that kind of uh, changes the whole vibe of the song.
I need to figure out a, a, a creative way to loop that because I could listen to that all day, dude. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's one of those lovely. Yeah, it's just kind of like this. It, it almost kind of puts you into like a like a like, you know kind of hypnotizes you a little bit, puts you into like a a lull, you know. Yeah. And I don't know what you know. You always have to wonder like what what made them say, "Hey, let's let's add this to the end of the song." You know what I mean? Was that just another? Was that like a a jam session? So sometimes I like to pretend like I was actually in a band, dude. That was like a big deal, you know, because I do have some experience recording music, and I gotta say, dude, the like the few there's a few times in uh, some of the songs that we recorded where like none of the new creative ideas were us at all. It was all thanks to our producer, Joel. We had him on the, uh, on the pod Q. We did dude. Jump back and listen to our, uh, Ethan Durrell episode. Another great band from this era, dude. Uh, that I, I mean, I wouldn't put them in the same band as the stills, but my point is I always just assume that this, these kind of things that happen like this in songs are, from the produce like the producer saying like hey well, you know what would be cool if we do like an outro like this and you guys just put your your spin on it you're saying with your experience in you know the rock band that you were in uh even if you guys didn't make it on device records <laughs> you had a producer who would guide a song right i mean that's what the producer does so you're right that could have been that very well could have been how it went down, but I've always, I always have to wonder, like, what, why did they decide to do that? Now, you know, who cares at the end of the day if you if you don't want to <laughs> if you don't if you don't wait. <laughs> I mean, if you don't if you don't, um, a lot of people just listen to music to listen to music, and they don't uh, go through these, you know, they don't wonder these things. But like, I think for people like you and I, if you're tuning in to No Filler every week, dude. And if you're actually listening to us blabber on for an hour every week, then you're probably one of those people that actually enjoys thinking about these kind of things. Well, what I was going to say is like, I think one of the reasons that that we think about it is because we have both been in, in rock bands. So we've been in the position of like, hey, we're a band and we're writing a song and hey, we're in the, we're in the re- rehearsal space and like... Sometimes, yeah, that kind of stuff just kind of comes naturally, like I said, during a jam session or something like that. And then, you know, suddenly it just becomes part of the song, you know. But, um, yeah, a lot of people probably just don't think about that kind of stuff. Well, man, we could talk for hours, but uh, we got a couple more songs to play, dude. This next one I, I was a must for me to play because, I mean, just the stuff that they do in this song is just so different and, like, as different as it is, I think it fits in so well with the rest of the vibes of this album. So, we're going to jump down a few more songs. This song is called Animals Plus Insects. Don't 
cutie pie fist that away just when I'm sick of the way that I've been. I think I'll go out and act anti-celibate and throw grenades at a Christmas choir. Man, the um, the drums actually were really simple. Yeah. At the end there. But I love the like the, the the drum machine kind of thing that they do at the beginning of the song, and the way that they they pan it in the recording, dude, it just kind of bounces back and forth in your ears. That's actually a guy. I don't know his last name. He's credited as Werner F. Uh, yeah, he contributed to the drum programming on track nine. So I think he might have just been uh, somebody. At the at the recording studio because it says here, uh, recorded by Werner F at the Boiler Room. So that is where they recorded this, uh, the Boiler Room in Brooklyn, New York. Um, but yeah, you want to talk about like that's that is definitely probably a producer, um, a producer decision right there to add that in the beginning, which is really it's interesting because like we were saying, the drums are so simple, the, the drum, the, the proper drums, right? Yeah, the, adding that little programmed drum thing in the very beginning and does it go throughout the whole song it does right the program drum beat. Yeah, it pops back up yeah it's interesting but dude let's verse. talk about the lyrics the lyrics are really interesting i mean i don't i have no fucking idea what this guy's talking well, about. well all right i let me give you my interpretation q because i i think i have an idea what he's talking about let's just let's break it down here because this is these are some weird ass lyrics there's nothing about suicide there's nothing about heartache this is just some somebody it sounds to me like this is a somebody who's having some self-reflection, right? He says, I stumble out of a nightclub thinking animals and insects don't do drugs. I think I'll go out and act like I'm celibate, jingle bells in a Christmas choir. To me, that's somebody's like, you know, this guy stumbles out. He says he stumbles out of a nightclub. So he's probably either, like he said, he's drunk or he's on drugs. And he's like, animals and insects don't bother themselves with all this bullshit. Like, what do I, you know, what am I doing here? Let me just, let me just go act like I'm celibate. In other words, like, let me go be a monk or something like that. Yeah. Let me just, let me just go stand in a Christmas choir and jingle some bells. Like, let me change my lifestyle because, like, animals and insects don't put up with this bullshit. Why am I doing it? I like that, dude. That's a good observation. Because he comes back around at the end. He says, and I thought this was, this is always kind of a funny line. He says, I'll shake my cutie pie fist at a waitress when I'm sick of the way that I've been. So I think that's interesting. He's not shaking his fist at the waitress because he's mad at the waitress. It's because he's mad at himself, right? Yeah. And he says, I think I'll go and act anti-celibate and throw grenades at a Christmas choir. So now he's back to like his good old self or whatever, right? And then it's interesting just the fact that he repeats the word, the word or the term, oh my God. Over and over and over again in this song. Oh, yeah, we fade it out, but it just keeps going. That's how the song is. Yeah. Saying. So there's a lot of like reli- kind of weird religious imagery and stuff in this record. Yeah. And did you notice at the at the end of the first verse, right after he says Jingle Bells and a Christmas Choir, there's Jingle Bells playing in the very back. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's a little too on the nose for me, but whatever. I'll take it. It's fine. Let me see who got credited for doing the jingle bells on the record. <laughs> right, they better get some credit for those jingles. 
Nobody. I'm <laughs> guessing it was Dave Hamelin. Dude, maybe they just appeared. No one knows. Maybe they appeared like magic. <laughs> um, or the producer just like pushed his, his like pre-programmed Jingle Bell. I'm going to blow you guys away with this next idea. What if we put Jingle Bells in this song? Yeah. Right after you say Jingle Bells. Are you guys sitting down? I'm about to jingle your bells with this idea. Yeah. All right, dude. We got to play. We got one more song. Oh, we got two more songs. What? No, we just got fevered. Oh, have we already played three songs? Holy moly. Time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) So I think we both agree this is up there for one of my favorite songs on the record, dude. Yeah. This this might be my, my favorite track on the record for sure. Love the drum beat on this song. Whenever we determine what songs we're going to play, you know, usually we have like non-negotiables sometimes where it's like, no, we have to play this track. We have to play this one. Um, and I think this was one that we both agreed had to be on the, had to make it to the cut list for, because I mean, honestly, dude, this was a hard record to narrow down. That's why we're playing four songs, right? Because we couldn't decide right, on right. which one to cut. So, uh, but anyway, Fevered. Uh, this this track that we're about to play, uh, there's just something about it. So let's give it a listen. The song is called Fevered. I love this song, dude. Me too. There, you know, it's got this like there's this it's this build up to like a release, you know what I mean? If you are kind of paying attention to the way that the song kind of, you know, it's very like 
monotonous kind of, you know, like um, as far as the uh, the the guitar is very metronomy, I guess, like it's very repetitive. But then there's this thing that happens with the drums. So you can kind of feel the drums open up a little bit, right? Like that's a thing that you guys do, right? On the kit. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're playing the hi-hat or whatever, and then you start to open it up. Um, that happens in this song leading into the chorus. You know, when you start saying it, it slows down till I shut down. Um, anyway, the way that they pull it off, I think is great. Um, and dude, again, like this guy has, a, he, he must have went to, he must have went to a Catholic school or something like that because he talks about these religious, like the religious imagery all the time. He mentions um, Mary Magdalene in this song, which I think was, wasn't that the, yeah, Mary Magdalene was the prostitute in some some book of the Bible. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she apparently traveled with Jesus as one of his followers and was a witness to his crucifixion. Dude. One thing I always thought about the lyrics to this song, and honestly, to a lot of the songs throughout this whole record, and I think this song, of course, it's even more fitting, but like these almost sound like, like imagery that you'd like scribble in a notebook after like waking up from a like a fever dream you know it's just so bizarre yeah i think you're right it's called fever dude yeah you're right strange like skin that i believe in i think that's what their actual lyrics stretches over bone and smells like honey on the wind smells like honey on the wind yeah what yeah dude poetic also strange i can't remember honey on the wind could be like some sort of perfume maybe like you get a whiff whiff of it or something like that i don't know oh so strange the dreams that haunt my bed the heartache swells and quickens near the end yeah yeah he's he's like making comparisons to i don't know what the fuck he's talking about but it's great i love the lyrics um but you know kind of like what we were saying at the beginning of the episode about like dark imagery and stuff like that that's what i've always liked about his lyrics tim fletcher is that he yeah he throws in these like references to you know, these biblical references and these like interesting metaphors and stuff like that. Yeah, he's, um, he's a good lyricist. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a good lyricist. So yeah, man, that's it, dude. I mean, there's a handful of other non-singles on here that, that we could play, but you know, kind of wrap this puppy up at some point. Yeah. So anyway, this is just one of those records that um, that stands out to me in the, you know, in the slew of, of indie records that came out in that decade, you know? Um, there's just something special about it, you know, and you know, the records that they put out after this, there were some good songs here and there for sure. I'm a big fan of helicopters. Yeah. There's some great tracks on their, on their, on their other records, but, um, there's something, there's something about logical break your heart and that's their debut record, you know? So yeah, there's always, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but debut records are, more often than not like the best the best that a band it's 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 you know they're putting their best foot forward a lot of times they have something to say they don't have any record label obligations yet you and know, they have songs have, that they could have been perfecting and you know playing live right for, for years, years for years yeah. yeah and it's like they have something to prove you know what i mean and then you got and then you sign your record deal and oh now we have this timeline that we're locked into where it's like okay you got to put out a record every two years you got to do all this touring in between that so you know for a lot of bands that cuts into 
the the freedom and the and the creative process and all that stuff. So I would say that this is not necessarily the case because, like I said, they put they continue to put out good stuff, but this record is is uh, stands out to me for sure. It's a it's a favorite of mine from that that era for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, that's it, man. That is a wrap for this record. So next week, we're going to talk about, I think we've, I don't know if we've talked about this band before, but. Um, we definitely have because they, I brought one of their songs as a sidetrack while ago. I mean, as, as what you heard. From this record? Yeah. And dude, it, guess what, man? It came out in the same bloody year. Dude, 2003. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about a band called Long Wave. So. I, do you know how we stumbled upon these guys? Because I sure don't. I remember seeing them on Lino or something like that, or maybe Conan. But maybe I don't that's know how we found them. It may have been, yeah. I mean, that's before Shazam, so it's not like I Shazammed it. Well, I guess I wouldn't have to because Conan or Lino would have told me the name of the band. But anyway, um, yeah, another just another obscure record from from that decade, but. Um, Another one that always sticks out to me. I, I confess, I don't think I've listened to this entire record ever. Oh, man, you should give it a go all the way through, dude. It's worth it. Okay, I will. I definitely will this week uh, before we, we hit record. But, um, yeah, the, the the opening track on this record, um, we, have to, we have to play it. I don't care if it's a single. All right, so that's about the time that my vocals crap out on us. Uh, so, yeah, no What You Heard segment for this episode. So I'm going to go ahead and just wrap this all up for us. Uh, so as always, you can find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. That is the music network that we are part of. Uh, you can also find us on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. There we've got all of our show notes where we link to sources that we use uh, we also have track lists on there for all the songs that we cover. And you can also follow us on Twitter. That is at NoFillerPodcast. And yeah, that's going to do it for us today. Again, apologies for the quality of my vocals on this one. It will never happen again, I promise. And uh, yeah, next week we're going to cover Long Wave, and we're going to pick a song from their album the strangest things that came out in 2003 so i'm going to play us out with a song from a little ep that the stills released uh the same year that logic will break your heart came out back in 2003 uh the ep is called rememberies and the song is killer bees all right thank you as always for listening y'all take care
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 